Welcome to Tormenting Tarmac. On this podcast, we aim to take you on a journey of storytelling, getting to know enthusiasts from different communities and with different automotive backgrounds. It's about fellowship, showing the automotive world it doesn't matter what you love about cars and driving, what matters is that you love cars and driving. We also want to have conversations with you, the listener, about what your automotive passions are. What are the things about the automotive space that bring you the most joy? Talk about your love and our love for all motorsports and continue to learn things from all the different sections of it. We want everyone to be able to learn from one another. And this is a podcast for every level of driver and every level of enthusiast. So on behalf of my co-host, Ron Morris, my name is Jorge Aquino, and we welcome you to Tormenting Tarmac, where the enthusiast never dies. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Tormenting Tarmac, the podcast where the enthusiast never dies. Jorge Aquino coming at you live and direct. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day. We are currently recording on a Friday afternoon. Cool vibe. Not going to lie. I'm on my lunch break from work. And uh, it's uh, just about beer o'clock here in Michigan. So exactly. Uh, For those of you who don't know who the hell is talking around there, it is Ronaldo Roberto Morris III. Of course, my co-host on this wonderful journey that is Tormenting Tarmac. Latin version, apparently. You know what? You do speak a little bit of good Spanish, my friend. A little bit. Un poquito. Un um, it's good to see you, man. Um, we are, I, I, I would normally say we're hot off the heels of uh, a really, really fun episode that we just recorded a few weeks back. Um, but it's been a few weeks. Um, we did state that when we first started this podcast that we would be dropping about two episodes a month. And we've uh, been pretty good about that, to be honest with you. We're really proud of what we've been able to achieve. Um Big thanks to Jordan and to Dylan from DuPont yeah, Registry for joining us last Super week cool. or last episode, I should say. Um, it was fantastic. Um, I, I think I don't know about you, Ron. I received some I good feedback. Yeah. Oh, I learned a ton. Um, and they've become really avid supporters of us, and we greatly appreciate them. And they have agreed to Vice absolutely person. come. Yeah. yeah. And they will be coming back soon, uh, which is really, really cool. Um, we'll look forward to them whenever they just get a chance to go ahead and come out here to the West coast. Um, and hopefully we'll be able to go ahead and drag Ron some way, shape or form down here too. <laughs> but uh, you know, when we asked in the last episode, um, we dropped like a little bit of a mini bomb. We, um, I guess we kind of teased it in our eighth episode when we did Ron's engineering special, which also went over really, really well. So I hope if you haven't listened to that one, you should, cause it's a banger and a half, but uh, Ron teased it in episode eight and then dropped the news on in episode nine. Ron got himself a little project car recently about a couple of months ago. Now um, Ron did buy a C4 Corvette, which yep. is very, very cool. Um, for those of you who don't know now ron forgive me it's the c4 goes from 80 84 to 96 that you got it yeah oh nice oh that's right because there was no 83 corvette was there that's right originally was going to be and it's a long story for maybe another podcast but uh yep started in 84 so there is no such thing as 1983 corvette nice there's also no such thing as a 2002 ford mustang cobra 
for those of you who don't know. It's only 2001 and 04. Um, oh, 2003, of course. And um, anyways, back on track. So, Ron, um, we really didn't exactly tell the people what your plans were with the C4 when we went ahead and last ended the episode. So why don't you go ahead and give us kind of a, your ideas? I know that I know a lot about it. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I'd love for the TT audience to know about it. Yeah. So I think we, as we've discussed a little bit in uh, this podcast, I race in a series called Champ Car. Um, with my friend Dylan's uh, team, his, his dad, I guess, technically is the owner of it. Uh, and they race in a Mini Cooper and it's awesome. And we're doing Shout really out well. to Dylan. Hopefully we'll be at, he'll be on TT yes. very soon. Yes. Um, but I have now gotten the bug and I have been, and will continue to build my C3, my 69 vet. Um, but I guess, I don't know, racing has given me the bug and now I want a, a real purpose-built dedicated race car. Uh, so the cool thing about champ car is their kind of tagline is real affordable sure. endurance racing. Um, so I bought a 1992 C4 Corvette that is about the price of a riding lawnmower to give you an idea of how freaking cheap uh, you can get them. Um, so it's already gutted and uh, the, the previous owner had kind of started working on it. He was going to go autocross racing with it. And then long story short, his life did whatever and he decided to bail on the project. And so I kind of picked up the pieces, um, which is perfect because he was doing almost exactly what I wanted to do. Um, so to, to kind of keep it more simple, um, um, champ car is based on a points system. So it's kind of like if you've played say Forza Motorsport, um, where you can build a car up to 500 points, uh, and different cars start at a different starting value. So for example, C4 Corvette, starts if it's got the l98 engine the 250 horsepower engine starts at 450 points but as the lt1 it starts at 550 points and i'll explain that in a second versus like the mini we race starts at like 185 or 215 something like that and then you can put upgrades on the car but they cost points um, and the series has done a pretty phenomenal job of if you build your car to 500 points you stand a chance of winning and you're going to be competitive if the car can make it um so the car that I bought is a 92 C4 and it comes with the LT1, the 350 horsepower car. So it's a 550 point car. So if it's over points, mm -hmm. uh, so if it's 550 points instead of 500, so it's 50 points over, I would start five laps behind essentially. Gotcha. To make them up. So what I, what I plan to do is I'm going to put the L98 in it and quote unquote call it a, a 91, which you can do. Okay. Um, and it'd be a 450 point car. And then I have 50 points of upgrades um, gotcha. that I can put on it. And, and I, I effectively, I think I could make more than LT1 horsepower with those 50 points. So I can then have a 500 point card that's faster than the 550 point car. And Fascinating I, I, how that works. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I think I can build a car that's going to win. Now, so the way that I kind of, I guess the best way that I can go ahead and kind of, you know, for those of you who may know your Corvette uh, stuff in the same way that my co-host does, he's, a, he's literally a, a he's a corvette encyclopedia um it, in the way that you're kind of swapping out the engine from the lt1 back into an l98 but you're doing the upgrades it almost sounds like in the same way that you can take an ls1 out of a corvette and then essentially make it into an ls6 in a way yes. because they're yeah, still the 5.7 liter broad right 
Yeah, kind of pretty similar. They're a little more different than that, but sure. it's along those lines. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll be putting an actual L98 in. Um, right. Yes, effectively. You're okay. on the right track there. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, the LS6 is the one that goes into the C5Z06, which is uh, one of the cooler Corvettes of all time. Um, so that sounds amazing. Yeah. So all that being said, this is going to be like a multi-year thing. It's it, I, I really want to build it right. I'm going to take my time. Um, I'm hoping to at least get it on the road here soon so I can drive it. Um, yeah. But as far as like when I'm going to be in a race, it's going to be a little while. Okay. But, now, over the last uh, few weeks, you've gone ahead and posted a couple of updates, not too yeah. many on your Instagram page. But by the way, to to more for, it, but... for those of you who don't follow, first off, please go check out Tormenting Tarmac on Instagram at Tormenting Tarmac. Uh, we do our best to go ahead and at least have stories every single day. And I do my best to try and post as many stories yeah, as Jorge I does a great post job. As Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, and then you can go ahead and find Ronald at hounds.and.horsepower if you want to go ahead and be caught up with not just the C4 build, but if you want to go ahead and be caught up with the C3 build, the six, the, the 69 Stingray, which is the creme de la crop, uh, yes. <laughs> please go check out hounds.and.horsepower. And then if you want to go ahead and follow me, you can find me at the one and only JMan19. Um, I don't post anything about cars because I don't have cool cars now uh but that being said if you want to go ahead and check us out please do and then you can go ahead and of course find tormenting tarmac on any of your podcatchers that are available to you apple podcast spotify google podcast stitcher anchor app radio public podcast all that good stuff we're on it so please go check us out we greatly appreciate it and we appreciate those that have been supporting us since day one since episode one we really really appreciate that but uh Back to the C4, I was just mentioning the fact that you've already done a couple of upgrades. So kind of walk us through what have you what have you currently bought and what have you currently done to set yes. C4? Exactly. Yep. So so uh, one of the things with Champ Car is you can put on, at least in regards to suspension, uh, any suspension parts from any year of the same generation without it costing points. So GM uh, had different versions of like the Z51, et cetera, package in different years. And the previous owner, since he was going to autocross, had already kind of mixed and matched and had bought the stiffest springs and the you know best shocks and et cetera, et cetera, to kind of make what would be the raciest car out of stock parts. Right. Uh, and he already had that. And he already did the rear suspension. Oh, cool. Um, but all the front suspension was sitting in boxes. Okay. Um, so I have the front suspension completely torn apart. Okay. Um, and then I just dropped off the control arms at Dylan's. Um, and then he's taking it to his work where he's going to, uh, or he already has, uh, run them through a parts washer. And then we're machining the control arms, which you're allowed to do, okay. um, to get me a little bit more camber in the front. Because one of the problems with the C4 Corvettes is in the stock setup, you can't run that much camber. You run out of adjustment. Okay. And camber is how much the top of the tire is leaning in. And that long short, that helps you turn better. I, I, know, I know a little bit about this because my Focus ST from stock had the camber because... For those of you who don't know, a focus has, it's a it's a fast hot uh, hatchback, excuse me. So you you mentioned the fact that your seat that the previous owner of the C4 that you bought ran autocross. Focus STs are some of the kings of autocross. So the way that the suspension is set up, especially in the front, is exactly how you just described. Yes. Now, of course, yours is probably even more aggressive considering right. the fact that it's aftermarket stuff where mine was a stock daily driver. But you're in the right yeah. lines. Yep. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Um, and, and so then I'm, I've also just been kind of tearing apart the front. I put a new master cylinder in it and a new for the clutch and a slave cylinder for the clutch. And I've just been kind of cleaning up the front. And then hopefully I'll be getting those control arms back here and slapping it all back together. I've got polyurethane bushings that I'm going to put in. Um, I've got bigger sway bars to put in. 
Um, I've got a new muffler I'm going to put in it because it just has the stock exhaust on it right now. That's not yeah. necessarily a performance upgrade, but just it'll sound better. It's going to sound better. Exactly. Um, and then I've, I've got to put some seats in and a couple other odds and ends. I bought a aftermarket engine controller as well. That I'm going to calibrate myself from scratch like a general C3, but I don't know if I'm going to put that in yet. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to give you a shout out because I remember your dad stating this. I'm pretty sure. Didn't you go ahead and set up the controller in his uh, in his Cutlass? That's didn't right. you program yep. that? Just yep. Freaking G. My, my co-host is a G. <laughs> yeah. I have to go ahead and put you on the spot there, brother. That <laughs> no, is no. Really I, it's, I really enjoy uh tuning cars definitely yes. capable of it and i enjoy it so yeah uh, now i have a question for you because you talked about the fact that you know going back to the c4 um and in the previous owner's uh care he was wanting to go ahead and set it up to run for autocross now mm-hmm. you know for those of you who don't know when it comes to champ car champ car is uh it it, it is uh road coursing uh road course right. racing exactly um yep. do you and please feel free to go ahead and educate me because this is a genuine question. Um, do you feel the need that, you know, with the rear setup, do you feel like you have to change anything because you're going for more of a, I don't know, let's say a two mile road course races, whereas opposed to, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, autocross is a very, very short, narrow stuff. And not to mention you only get up to maybe the fastest, maybe 60 to 65 miles an hour, um, which depending on what horsepower and to be honest, it's not like high horsepower cars are running autocross for that exact reason. Right. So um, what kind of changes do you feel like you'll need to be making for that? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, essentially the the stiffest stock setup that you can go with on the C4s, which is what I'm putting on, is more optimized for road course. Um, if you wanted to optimize it more for autocross, you'd have to go aftermarket and go even stiffer probably. Autocross builds tend to be extremely stiff because you're in a typically a typically excuse me, you're typically in a perfectly flat parking lot, right? Yes. So extremely, typically it's extremely stiff. Um, you're running sometimes even more aggressive camber, uh, more aggressive alignment, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, airport tire, runways, more tire a pressure, thing that, things uh, like that. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Versus road courses, it depends, but you know, they're all different, but effectively you want a little bit more compliance in your suspension because mm-hmm. there's bumps and things like that. Um, a little higher speed. There's, um, there's banking. Exactly. You may not run quite as much camber um, and you may not run quite as much tire pressure because your tires are going to heat up over time versus autocross tires don't really have time to heat up, things like that. Yeah. So, so for the most part, I, I didn't really have to change much. Um, he mm-hmm. didn't get around to doing an alignment. That was for sure one of the big things that would have had to change. Okay. So I'm going to have to do an alignment anyway. Um, so, yeah. That's so, cool. so we're, so we're getting there. Um, to be honest, this past month of my life has been crazy. I've been doing something every single weekend and even a lot of weekdays. So I haven't worked on it much the past month. Um, but I should be hopefully getting back to it real soon. And and hopefully by the next time we talk, it'll be really close to getting on the road. I'll say it that way. That's awesome. I mean, that's part of the reason why Tormenting Tarmac has been a little bit on the back burner over the last few weeks, uh, just because Ron's schedule has been absolutely crazy. But it's, you know, when he's doing BA stuff like the like what he's talking about, like, and first of all, that's his own personal life anyway. So it's not like I can go ahead and really give him shit for it, right? <laughs> Although I gave right. him a little bit, give him a little bit. He allowed me to. Oh, Ron! I forgot to put on my three watches. Fudge. Uh, right, I'm going to get them in just a second. Well, There's a reason for this. Can yeah. you do it next time or? Um, sure, maybe. Or yeah. I might just okay. do it when I let you, because we're obviously going to go ahead and move on from the C4 in just a yeah, second. Yeah. Okay. But 
you know, I'm so happy for you um, that you are going ahead and chasing after something that you want to do long, a long time, which is racing. Now, of course, you have been racing with the Mini Cooper with Dylan's team and whatnot, which is awesome. But now you get a chance to go ahead and do it with your own car and with your own favorite car. We talked about it in our very first episode that Ron's first Corvette, he had a 94 Corvette. Um, right? 94? 96. 96. Sorry. Excuse me. How dare um, you not remember just God. Son of a bitch. You know what is the concussion right that that car caused me, which is the reason why I can't remember. Uh, That's clearly excuses. what it is. Uh, <laughs> um, before we move on from that, I have one uh, particular question because you are going to go back to an L98, um, which would by default make the car a 91, not a 92, Correct. which is very interesting. Um, two questions. A. Uh, does the six-speed manual that you currently have in this car does it link up perfectly with your with the yep. future L98? Yes. Perfect. That's that's very makes cool. it easy. Um, will you be having? And this is part of this first question. Will you be needing to make any gearing changes for it, or will the long stock gearing that you have in it stay the same? Uh, well, thankfully, the six-speed cars came with shorter gearing, so that helps. And oh, okay, you cool. know, off the top of my head, right. I don't remember if changing the gearing, if you're allowed, if that's points or not. I, I, okay. I'm, again, I guess it is, but I don't know. Long story short, I'll probably keep it how it is. Gotcha. And I, I, you know what? I said long gearing because I know that the C5 and C6s, in particular the C6s, the high horsepower ones, have a little bit longer gearing. Right. You can actually right. hit 60 miles an hour in first, first gear, yes. which is freaking fast. Yeah. Um but okay that's cool that that should actually help you out a lot especially the shorter yeah. stock gearing yes. if you can go ahead and keep yes. it that way yep. and then going back to the second question uh specific to the l98 um for a relatively higher mileage l98 engine would you prefer because obviously l98s don't come as crate engines anymore right um unless they ever really did back in the well, 90s. i don't even yeah i, I would guess the, the lt1 know. did i'm pretty sure the lt1 yeah. did come as a yeah. crate motor but um in this particular case with the changes that you are te- that you are looking to be doing and tuning and all that good stuff what is the better thing to do yeah do you- so so um i i, I Best case, I could find, I think it's an 89 through 91 L98 out of a Corvette because they also came in Camaros and, and Firebirds. Ah, uh, true. Slightly different. But anyway, best case, I can find an 89 through 91 out of a Corvette. Out of, this, okay. out of a Corvette. And I would definitely prefer is low mileage. But okay. I don't know. I haven't quite thought through all this stuff yet, but uh, it's possible I'm going to rebuild it anyway. So it may oh. not really matter if it's all that used. Um, but uh, yeah, I would prefer as low mileage, but money talks. Dude. I just saw one the other day. They want a 3,500 bucks for one with 19,000 miles on it, which that's just- Not to put you on blast. I'm not going to That's about that. the same that you paid for the car, brother. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and, there's, and the thing is, you if you're patient, you can get these pretty damn cheap because there's yeah. a lot of people who are taking them out of cars because they're LS swapping their cars, right? Exactly. So, and who's going to- There's not many people buying L98s anymore, right? There's not many people buying like C4s anymore, but yeah, yeah absolutely. Exactly. So- Okay. Um, I think I think I can probably pick one up pretty cheap, but I, I that might come this winter. I don't know. I, I hate to like commit myself to anything on the air here. Um, my my guess is I'm going to keep picking away at the car, and then okay. not this winter, but next winter is that I'm going to like really do the full roll cage and all that stuff because that all gotcha. takes, that takes a lot of time. It does. I mean, with the amount of time that it's taking too, you to, so, yeah. yeah. Oh, money, money for sure, right? Because unless somebody I, I wants to go ahead and sponsor you. Yeah. Unless somebody wants to sponsor Tormenting Tarmac, which there we go, can. I like it. Yes, come on now, come on now. What's yes. the name of your What's your name of the name of your favorite bourbon? Let's give them a holler. Uh, you had a bourbon on on the episode a few we, uh, a few episodes ago. I know that was that was bullet, but that's not my favorite. I like. We'll go with Woodford. 
Okay. Woodford All right. Well, Woodford, please <laughs> give us a call. Go ahead and reach out to Ron Morris or Jorge Aquino, whatever you want yes. to do. Um, that's awesome, bro. Uh, I'm very, very happy for you. I'm very happy that you're going this route. Um, I did tell Ron if he needed a co-driver, he already knows who to call. He said, Jorge, I love you. I don't think I'd want to race with you. <laughs> I, that, that's almost what I said. I said, all right, Jorge, tell you what, you come. He, you said, he told to me Michigan. I have to prove myself. Yes. Yeah, so I said, you fly up to Michigan. We'll go to a track day on my dime and I'll put you in the car. Yes. Uh, and we'll go from there. And we'll and, go from there. He said, if I'm fast practice, enough, maybe. Yes. No, yes. I said, if you're fast enough, you will. So. Okay. That's fair. I'm holding you to it. I will be, I will be practicing. I'll be getting my Johnny Lieberman on, by the way, did you see that Johnny Lieberman's going to be running at Pike's peak? I did. That's awesome. Yes. Absolutely. Good for him, man. That's your, yeah, brother. that's awesome. What a dream come true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, uh, we'll, we'll definitely, oh, trust me. Don't you worry, man. Give myself a nap. I'm car, not no worried. I'm not worried. All right. Um, but that's awesome, man. We'll move on. we got a couple of other subjects that we want to discuss. Uh, I said that we're a week prior to uh, Memorial Day as we're recording. So as of right now, free practice one and two just ended in Spain for Formula One. Now, we're not really going to get a chance to talk about Spain because of the fact that this episode is dropping after the race. But I will say this right now. Miami was cool. I liked it. I liked the vibe. It was dope. Yes. The, yeah. the, 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 the race was, I felt like the race was kind of boring. It really wasn't that great, but that safety everything car outside of that was awesome. Yes. So. It was a fantastic vibe and I'm glad that they're going to continue to do it. Um, the only thing that kind of annoyed me just a tad was the whole, Oh, F1 made it to America as if we didn't have a United States Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, or, as you know, we don't didn't have, have an American driver, but anyway, that, that's a whole <laughs> different story for a whole different day. Um, but yes, I, I agree. And you know, the other thing that annoyed me was the fact that, you know, Austin like was off the chain last year, right? Yeah, With the yeah. and Drive to Survive is helping, it's doing its thing. Yes. But I mean, let's just not say that it's here. It's been here for forever. And, you know, we, we know for a fact it's definitely arrived when we're now getting a third Grand Prix because yeah. since yeah. the last time we were on the air, Vegas was made official. So yeah. we're getting a Las Vegas Grand Prix in. 20, Three races uh, one year will be cool. Yeah. So, so the, the Miami races was kind of the, the Monaco of America, if you will. But now we're going to be going to the real Monaco. Exactly. Here. So that's actually, so I'm going to go ahead and let you talk. You know, I, I would like for you to go ahead and explain what is the heritage of Monaco. And by the way, that's not the only race that's yes. happening for Memorial Day weekend. The Indianapolis 500, of course, is happening yes. the same day, which doesn't happen yes. every year. It happens uh, every couple of years that they both land on the same day. I do remember a few years ago when uh, Fernando Alonso was still racing for McLaren. McLaren had Jensen Button race in his yes. seat yes. because Fernando wanted to race in Indy. And yes. I was like, that's so And then so Jensen cruel. Button peed in his seat and it was awesome. Yes. <laughs> so, um, Ron, why don't you go ahead and do that while I go ahead and do my little thing that I said that I was going to do on the air. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Shout out to Lewis. Go ahead. Okay, so... This week, or hopefully when you hear this podcast, this weekend is Monaco and the Indy 500. So we'll do Monaco first. Um, it is kind of the Daytona 500 or the Indy 500 or the Super Bowl or whatever you want to call it of uh, F1. Um, it's the it's all the glitz and the glamour and all the you know things that makes F1 unique in the racing world. They've been going there for a very long time. Um, the track, I guess, hasn't changed a lot. Um, which is cool, but also not the best. Um, back in the day when F1 cars were smaller, open wheel cars that weren't as fast, you know, 50s, 60s, um, the track was phenomenal. It was literally like racing along the ocean side. Uh, and they had more room to, I guess, drive the cars a limit. They could pass each other, things like that. 
but the cars have gotten so fast now and they've gotten so big now the cars are literally almost twice the size of what they used to be um that now the track itself frankly if it weren't for the history side of it, it isn't that great um you really can't pass that easily you know people complain of it being kind of a follow the leader session um but that doesn't mean that it's still not exciting and really to me what it does is it moves a lot of the excitement to uh qualifying um because it's so hard to pass there qualifying is extraordinarily important and the track is not forgiving whatsoever so if you make a mistake in qualifying or obviously in the race it's over but because qualifying is so important you have to absolutely push all 10 tenths um you've got to absolutely you know get everything out of the car and so qualifying often is phenomenal at monaco because you get to see you know some of the best drivers in the world uh literally going within millimeters of the wall and hopefully not wrecking and inevitably someone of of someone of importance wrecks it happens almost every year uh we saw it last year yes yeah. yes yeah all right I'm, I'm i'm obviously back on uh, on the mic i uh had to definitely rock my triple watches today because uh the race director over in formula one is a dumb son of a bitch <laughs> that's, that's i can put it Oh man. Uh, so for those of you who don't know, while we were in Miami a couple of weeks back, um, they decided to go ahead and make a couple of rule changes because of, you know, oh, safety reasons. And they said, you're not allowed to wear any jewelry while you're in the car. And it's safe to say that the only person that actually wears jewelry in Formula One happens to be a specific seven time world champion who gets talked about nonstop on this podcast by a certain individual for good reason, because he's one of the greatest of all time. And then another ruling was you have to wear fire retardant underwear. And then another specific four-time world champion, who's also beloved by the two of us on this podcast, decided to wear underwear over his racing suit like an absolute boss. What's what's this race director's name, Ronald? I forget. I don't. I forget. because it's not I, Michael Mass. Like I, this guy's making me miss care. Michael Mass. But yes, yes. Um, but I am wearing three watches, two on one, just like on Hamilton. Yeah. Just like yeah. Hamilton. Because I mean, it, honestly, when I first saw that, I was like, ugh. I thought it was just. How, how do I say this? Hamilton is very much into you know fashion. Yes, and I have no problem with it whatsoever. A lot of it I see it. And I'm just like, whatever, man. It's, it's not even for me, bro. I don't. It's care. not even for yeah, me. Exactly. So, his, so that's what I thought IWC it was. The partnership is for me, but everything else not even for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. So I saw the three watches. Like that's just Hamilton being Hamilton, whatever. And then I figured out or found out that no, that's not what it is. That was him kind of protesting this whole stupid jewelry thing. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like if people were you know wearing giant necklaces and otherwise potential dangerous things fine but it's like they don't want to wear earrings and they yeah don't want to wearing a wash to the car i don't know it's stupid so yeah. i thought it was pretty funny it, that it you know lewis isn't stupid enough to wear the big chains he doesn't exactly actually. if you actually look at him after yeah, he the doesn't post, exactly post race exactly. he doesn't right the only ones that he's wearing is still his nose ring which if you have your a nose piercing you know that if you take out that hole's gonna yes. go ahead and close up like that yes and then um any other and what does it matter who cares if he has a nose ring it's it that it's doesn't his choice make a difference exactly right it's not hurting anybody else yes so it and just it just screamed how do i say i'll just say super conservative stodgy old european people who don't like change it it, it, it screamed so, the fact that uh I'm, okay, I'm going to flat out just say this. It looks like they're targeting the only black man on the grid. And it pissed me the fuck off. Excuse my language, but it did. Um, and as a person of color, that didn't sit 
clearly it didn't sit well with me. Um, it doesn't sit well with me. And it didn't sit well with Sebastian Vettel, who also spoke up against it. He was very, yeah. very irritated, as you could tell. And it's just, you know, I had to go ahead and get that off my chest. And so in, in honor of, you know, protesting with Hamilton, rocking all three of my fossils today. I don't know if you fossils. noticed, Ronald, but I got, uh, I got my earrings back on for the oh, first time forever. Go. Yeah. So... You well, know, now when to, you're watching when you're watching Monaco and you'll have all three watches on, you can absolutely. really you can keep when I'm watching Monaco three. and and when I will have watched Spain. Yes. Yes. Um, so that, that, I just want to you, go ahead and get that up there. All right. So one one so before we move on to Indy 500, I'll say mm. what are you most looking forward to for Monaco? Um, there are a couple things. Uh, seeing if Mercedes can go ahead and pick it up, in particular Lewis. It, George is obviously performing out of his mind right now. And shout Spoiler out to alert! Him. I don't think they will. Um, they performed kind of good in practice in in Barcelona today. We will see, but in, but this I mean, so did Vettel, and we know what's going on with Aston Martin. Yeah. Um, okay, honestly, Charles not crashing in Monaco. Yeah, the thing, one yeah. thing I'm not looking forward to. It, it, and so, by the way, Ron, do you you know that they do a historic Monaco Grand yes. Prix every year, yes. right? And so yes. I, I obviously blew up our Instagram page just the other day with all the footage and of it because it was. Awesome, because you see the old Formula One cars running around there, like the newest ones, like the 90s ones, just sound like. And uh, so Ferrari let Charles out in um, Villeneuve's car. Yes, Villeneuve's car. And uh, he wrecked it. He wrecked it like, oh, my God. Like, when can he not wreck things? That would be greatly appreciated. So, um, yeah, Charles not crashing. That being said, let's move on to Indy because Indy's going to be absolutely fire, man. Go ahead, run us through Indy because it's the biggest, it's the second biggest race of the entire calendar year in any motorsport, right? Like, I mean, in my opinion, it's the biggest. It's the biggest, yeah. hours of Le Mans, but I realize everybody has a different opinion, and that's okay. Um, yes, that is also the same Memorial Day weekend, uh, 33 cars. Looking like they'll be faster than they've ever been. Connor Daly had just posted on Instagram earlier today a screenshot of him doing 244 miles an hour. So, hey man, Colin Ward went a million nuts. miles yesterday, right? <laughs> yes, yeah, that was funny. That's that was okay. such a great okay, post. but he was actually doing 240. Yeah, that was I funny. know, I know, 240 miles an um, hour is insanely rapid. Yes, yes. that's and they stupid, haven't even stupid. they haven't even cranked it up all the way. Wait till qualifying. So, Yikes. yeah, nuts. Um, so, so 33 cars, um, obviously all doing well into 200 miles an hour, inches mm-hmm. apart from each other. Indy 500 tends to always be an extremely good and exciting race, especially as it gets down to the end. Um, it's kind of, kind of funny. It's kind of opposite of Monaco in that, like, there's a lot of history and a lot of, uh, what I want to say, pomp and circumstance for sure. Indy as well, but it definitely lacks the glitz and glamour of Monaco. Yeah, I mean, but it's an Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a little bit different than like you know, Midwest. the yeah, French kind of Riviera got behind some cornfields. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but to make up for that, arguably, it's got a lot better like actual racing when it comes time to racing on the track. Absolutely. Um, so, so both races absolutely deserve to be watched and are both very entertaining just for different reasons. And they're both going to be on the same good. channel too. Yes. Uh, yes, they're both on ABC, I believe. No, no, no. Uh, Indy's on NBC. Oh, is it on NBC this year? Yes. Oh, yep. okay. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. But there, there, there was a time where they were both on ABC. So Correct. like Monaco would be on in the morning at like six on yes. ESPN. They would re-air it on ABC at like nine. And then Indy would go ahead and start like at noon, right. Um, right. which yep. is awesome. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Well, then yeah. there you go. You can go ahead and just sw- I just hope that they're not at the same time. 
No, just, they aren't. They obviously they aren't. won't. They know better than that. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, the Indy 500 is always in the afternoon. So absolutely. On, and yeah. it's going to be awesome. Yes. Um, the top 10 drivers are, they're so, they're so close, dude. What's, yeah, what, what is it, it like? It, it's, it's, it's yeah. almost always splitting hairs within tenths of seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, a, you know, some, some exciting drivers too. Juan Pablo Montoya is back this year um, racing in the Indy 500. So that will be cool to see how yeah. he does. He's, I don't know, 50-ish, and it's insane how he's I looked at him, I think he's like 46. It. He's an old yeah, man. Okay, he's close, yeah. He's yeah 46 there, is so. like 80 in dog years in racing. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, we'll have to see if Penske can come back from their kind of disappointment last year, which is likely, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, and it remains to see, you know, so far in practice, it's been extremely tight. I'm looking right now, practice is going on right now, and the top 10, the way Indy works is they do their – laps in miles per hour average instead okay. of time i don't know why that's just tradition i guess and the top 10 drivers are all within eight tenths of a mile an hour average that's from insane. 231.8 to 231 average Man, so it's yeah. it's going to be crazy tight and it's going to be a good race um who do you think who do you see winning indianapolis and off the top of your head what is the fastest mile per hour we're going to go ahead and see that weekend um i i'm hoping ed carpenter finally pulls it off he's a local guy they're always really quick um at indy specifically he's sat on pole a number of times and just has never quite gotten it done so i'm hoping it's him um we will see and fastest mile per hour we're going to see for sure well into the 230s hopefully we'll see some guys touching in the 240s during the race in the what are the chances that we see actually anywhere close to like the high 240s closing down 250 is that possible uh, 250 fast? probably isn't gonna happen but 240s is definitely possible if someone's got a good run and they're in a draft and can suck up and they may got a tailwind it is absolutely possible so uh, the, their testicles will be the size of my head <laughs> <laughs> yes so, yeah um that's that's gonna be really really wicked um i'm you know i'd love to see pato up there i mean yeah, i'm a big pato I, fan and we it, both are obviously yep, and yep. he's performing absolutely great this year yes um and I think he can. He's um, in this practice right now. He's currently sitting third. So it's there you possible. go. There you go. So we'll see yep. what, he, what he can get done. Juan Pablo Montoya also. What a G. I think he's run. Does he won Indy once or twice? I think he's won it twice. Twice, I believe. Twice. Okay, yeah. yeah. He's I a legend know, in his own yeah. right. Yep. Um, but real quick, Ron, you had such a cool weekend this past weekend, man. You went to IMSA in Mid-Ohio, man. Yes, that Same was cool. Done. Tell me about it. That was cool. Mid-Ohio, definitely a bucket list track. Hopefully I'll race there soon. Um it's just such a, such a, how do I say it is such a raw and classic American style track. Yeah. Big elevation change, big consequence, big speed, big speed. Every, almost every single corner there is, you know, apexing over a crest or is off camber or is increasing or decreasing radius. Like it is not an easy track to be fast at. You know, a lot of, a lot of, especially European tracks tend to be very like break at this marker. When your braking's done, turn in. When you hit the apex, hit the gas. Middle house is not like that. You're doing something different with all of your inputs every single corner. You know, sometimes you're feathering the throttle, sometimes you're trail braking, sometimes you're rolling into the throttle and back out of it and all in the same corner. So, and, and it makes for exciting races and a lot of opportunities for drivers to make mistakes and thus passes. Um, so super cool. I got a lot of good, good photos. Um, it was you cool some of those on Tormenting Tarmac, by the way. Yes, yes, yep. They had the main IMSA series, which had DPIs and GTD AM essentially there, so prototypes and, and GT3 cars. 
they had the Michelin Pilot Series, which is TCR, so uh, smaller front wheel drive cars and some GT4 cars uh, there. And that race is really cool because that's a lot. That's kind of like Xfinity and NASCAR or F2 in, in the European Series. Those guys, they're all coming up. A lot of them are younger guys, and they've got a chip on their shoulder, something to prove. Absolutely. So they'll race hard. And then Spec Miata was there too, and that's always a good show. So it was a good time, cool track, fun weekend, fabulous weather. Um, I, if, if, if you are listening to this podcast and you've never gone to a race before, like, yeah, F1 is awesome. Yeah. NASCAR is awesome. Yeah. IndyCar is awesome. But by far, IMSA is the best fan experience for your dollar. It's not even close. Um, it's affordable to go to grid walks, pit walk, pit passes, all that stuff is typically included in your ticket. Um, you can just walk right up through all the garages and talk to mechanics. And if there's drivers there, they'll be happy to talk to you. I got a garage tour, for example, um on saturday with my family from the driver of one of the p2 cars so that just just super cool so i would recommend if anything if you want to go to a race find an imsa race you know and what the other thing that i like about imsa is um there's a lot of manufacturers yes very very diverse you're gonna find something you like guaranteed whether you're an American car guy, European car guy, Japanese, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever you like, you're going to find something. And it's, and it's manufacturers you don't expect either. You know, yeah. uh, like I'm not going to go ahead and mention any of them, but there's, there's, there's luxury a manufacturers. There's kind of econo box type manufacturers and everything in between. Yep. It's really, really cool. The racing is incredible. Um, it's the closest that you'll go ahead and get to actual like regular cars. That's what mm-hmm. makes it really fun. Relatable. Um, yeah. Relatable. Thank you. Uh, I, I couldn't agree with, with you more. And you seem to have a great time. The, the shots that you took were really, really excellent. So well done on that. Good, sir. I did yes, tell sir. Ronald, Ronald, you have one assignment and one assignment only get me all the picks you can. And he sent me two different files on email and I only put just a few and I've got a lot more in the bank and I want to go ahead and just be posting them you know, as a photo dump later on and whatnot, but, uh, but I'll definitely go ahead and be adding that as a photo dump, uh, for, for everyone to go ahead and be able to check out. Um, but yeah, uh, I agree. And, uh, I know about mid Ohio because, uh, I believe grid life races at mid Ohio a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do a lot of, uh, you know, either drifting or just, you know, road course racing. It's great. Um, I'd love to go ahead and check it out. And if, you know, Ron, you, I know you're good enough. I'd love to go ahead and see you racing in IMSA one day as a, you know, so <laughs> somebody like, Hey, so this guy can go. It would be cool. Yeah. It's yeah. a little Jesse Awuji on man. Either way, hopefully, <laughs> right? yeah, yeah. I, uh, champ car does go to mid Ohio. So one of these years, I think we'll make it. Awesome. So, um, do you think it's better than road Atlanta? That's a track as a track. Oh, how dare you? Why would you ask me such a hard question? I'm a good interviewer. That's why, sir. <laughs> I would say it depends on the car. And a Mini Cooper, Mid-Ohio is going to be better. in our Because there's a lot more corners? Yeah, it's lower speed-ish. There's still some long straights, but uh, in a Corvette, I'd probably rather do Road Atlanta. Uh, okay, yeah. Okay, here's a great... I'll, say, I'll say this. See, yeah. Proper proper big horsepower race car, Road Atlanta. In your typical street car, Mid-Ohio. Okay. Once your C4 is ready, where, where would you think it would perform best at? Road Atlanta or Mid-Ohio? Or, by the way, there's... All other race race tracks oh, yeah, all yeah. over the country. Where th- do you I, think I, you could see your C4 performing the best? I think at? it would do better at Road Atlanta. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to build it. I mean, you can get up to 150, 160 on those straights, no problem. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, well, that's awesome, man. Um, we're going to go ahead and wrap our uh, wrap up this part of the podcast. 
on the next part of the podcast, you'll actually be hearing uh, what I consider to be uh, a very cool portion of, of what we've been doing, where we're sharing stories of different automotive enthusiasts from all different parts of the country. As everybody knows, I'm, I'm, I'm repping Arizona here, um, and we're going to go ahead and have a set of two different automotive photographers that are based out of Arizona slash Texas. Um, one of them is from Arizona, but has been based out of Texas for the last few years. They're going to be joining us on the show. I'm not going to go ahead and share their names just yet. I'm going to go ahead and introduce them once we start that interview. So Ron and I will go ahead and send you over to that portion of yep, this episode. It's going to be good. Enjoy. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Exactly. Um, it was a shame that we couldn't get Ron on there, but you know, no Wi-Fi plus the time of day. Uh, just we weren't able to go ahead and make it work. But that doesn't mean that the next time we are going to go ahead and be bunched up together with our next guest, hopefully. Um, and we'll go ahead and be talking about that later on as we go throughout Tormenting Tarmac. Um, but we want, we want to go ahead and thank you guys for going in, listening to the now 10th episode, 10th episode hey, of Tormenting Tarmac. 10, there uh, we go. Oh, baby's a decade old. Ah, I'm just kidding. Um, no, but it is very cool that we've reached 10 episodes. We're really proud of the work that we're doing here. And we're going to go ahead and continue to progress as we go on by. Um, but Ron, anything else that you want to go ahead and tell the people before we sign off, my friend? Uh, yeah, two things. Number one, I'm watching any 500 practice right now. There's currently a squirrel on the track. So that's extremely important to tell everybody. Uh, and, and number two, uh, watch both races. Um, yes. still enjoy them. Couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, we're also entering the part of F1 that I happen to like the European circuit. We're going to have Baku coming up, which is one of my personal favorite tracks on the F1 calendar. Um, and the, the hell Indy Indy's heating up. I mean, Yes. It, it is close. Get I mean, good. Yes. You know, Charles it's anybody's Massa. race for the championship right now. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Pulled I know. heard her pulling off the win in the rain at the NDGP last weekend. One of, I, that got his Tokyo in, drift on son. Up, yeah. Up until now, I think that was the best race of the season. So we'll see, but that's awesome. And then in F1, Max is charging up the standings to go yeah, ahead and catch up with Charles. Catch up? We'll see. Oh, Monaco, could shake, Monaco could shake things up. We're going to find out. This is very true. Let's hope that nobody crashes, but at the same time, <laughs> yep i know what you mean <laughs> but uh we uh, want to thanks and we want to thank you guys for uh joining us today on the 10th episode of tormenting tarmac it was always as fun as always um so on behalf of ronald morris my name is jorge aquino this has been tormenting tarmac the podcast where the enthusiast never dies have a great day everyone